0: Good morning, everybody. Yeah, great to see you here. We're going to hear stories every week. And um, I just find that I've been so looking forward to this series called Invited. Uh, There's a lot of work that's gone into it. There's a lot of planning. There's videos. There's books. And um, so we, we do want you to... We do want you to get hold of a book. We do want you to get hold of one of those. You can make notes of this on Sundays, and uh, and then you can follow it through during the week. It would be really helpful for you, uh, because this is an important and extremely relevant series for us here at Kings. So the book will follow right the way through the book of Acts, and the Sunday messages will be from appropriate passages. In Acts, And I'm going to start with Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 26 to 39. After I've read this, I'm going to make some pastoral comments and uh, on why we are doing this series. And then we're going to look at some practical application that will come out of this passage. That's how we're going to go about this. All right, so Acts 8, verse 26... Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip Go south to the road, the desert road That goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza So he started out and on his way He met an Ethiopian eunuch uh, A eunuch is a, is a castrated male I'm not going any further than that, okay? Just, um, just to help you if you're not used to that term uh, An important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot, stay near it. And Philip ran up to the chariot. He heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken From the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip baptized him. And they came out of the water. The spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Well, the main thing... I do, want to, to, I do want to set this out, first of all. So we're going to take a bit of time. Because the, a key part of this morning is to set out the reasons as to why we are doing this series. So it's a sort of a pastoral perspective in one sense. And the first thing we want to grasp is that as we go through this book... That, and we preach on Sundays, is this, and it was said on, the um, alumnus said it right at the end, the gospel is for everyone. That, that's, what that's the main thing to get a hold of. It's for everyone, absolutely everyone. God has always had in mind a people from every nation, every tribe, every language. God has always had that in mind. You can cover the Bible from Genesis through to Revelation. You get to Genesis 12, and God makes this promise to Abraham. And he says, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples. Let's just say that, shall we? All peoples. All peoples. Is there anything left out of that? There isn't. All peoples. And then you take this through to the wedding supper in Revelation and and then Jesus Himself had said in Luke thirteen, people will come from the north and the south and the east and the west, and will take their place at the feast in the kingdom of God. My friends, this is for everyone. And when you get to the Book of Acts, it positively explodes off the pages. So, first, it's for everyone. Second, it's topical. It's today's news. Brexit. Although it's a much broader debate, I appreciate that. It has put a spotlight on immigration. And the darker side of racism we have seen come more to the fore. It's topical. And then there's Trump. And then there's Trump. Now, listen, here's rhetoric at times is ill thought through, and sometimes utterly inflammatory. I'm just being kind at this point. Who would ever have thought of building a wall between the United States and Mexico? I mean, it's just unbelievable. My friends, the gospel doesn't build walls. The gospel tears them down. The gospel tears down walls. It's a wonderful invitation to everyone. Whatever their background, color, age, gender, economic status, the gospel is for everyone. It's a new start, it's a new heart, and it's also a new community. So I'm saying it's topical. It's for everyone. It's topical. Thirdly, in this town, with the extent of diversity that we have here at King's, we are unusual I'm not blowing a trumpet here. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying that is it. We are unusual. We are a, a diverse church. I'll explain that in a moment. It's not divided. That doesn't mean divided. It's diverse. Uh, let me open up in a second. Generally, I find that people outside of High Wycombe tend to think of High Wycombe as a, a leafy Buckinghamshire market town. And maybe it was, but it's not now. It's much, much more than that. And we need to embrace it. We are a diverse church. That means a church that encompasses a great deal of variety. Language, nationality, culture, background, economic status. I tell you, it's all here. And it's all in the gospel. This is a great thing to celebrate it's a it's an invitation to everyone Do you know a few years ago we had what was known as an international sunday and uh, we had done a poll before that and we were celebrating the fact that we had 48 different nationalities here at the church you know the gospel does not build up walls it tears them down we're blessed we are incredibly blessed and we want to make the most of it when we opened this building in 1994 And I still remember it. We had very few people of other nationalities. In fact, you probably could have counted just just a little bit more than a handful of people from other nationalities. So much more now. It's so wonderfully different. We have an increasing percentage of black Africans, black British, Asian, Caribbean origin. We have those from Eastern Europe. If I do the list... We're going to be here a long time. I'm just, it's, it, it's rich. That's what I want to... It's rich in culture. And because of our locations, our sites, town center in Hazemir, they are different. But we have diversity in every meeting. Be it the 9.30, 10.30 up at 11: 11.30, you will see diversity. Now, if you come to the second meeting here at the town center, at times... We are 50% black, 50% white. Ten years ago, we were evidently a British white majority church. Oh, goodness, what God has done among us. It is a wonderful thing, my friends. This is the gospel. We reflect the gospel for everyone. I was speaking to Anne and Opie last night as I was working talking to them about terminology. And, uh, and Anne said that her previous pastor said, it's the face of heaven. I thought, I love that statement. It's the face of heaven. We, we are indeed a diverse church. It's challenging. So multicultural, multi-ethnic is challenging. You want to do the best by all? You want to do the best by all and yet... It's a challenge to understand what the best is. You want to do the best by all, and yet it's a challenge to understand what the best is. It's beautiful. It's godly. It honors God, and yet it can be a little tricky. Cultures take a bit of working out. Des and I, like a number of marriages today, have a cross-cultural marriage. I'm English. She is Cypriot. I remember when I asked her dad if I could marry his daughter. He was in the garage at the time. And I asked her, and, and he was very happy. He seemed happy. It was fine. And, and when Des's mum knew, I mean, she just positively beamed. I mean, she almost cried and, and shook my hand and pumped my hand and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm beginning to think, uh, hang on a minute. Uh, is there... Is there something I am not aware of here? I did know, by the way, that uh, her parents had tried to engineer an arranged marriage—not just one, two—for for, deaths with a, a Greek Cypriot, somebody of her own culture. Her aunt said this is when she was nineteen that she was—that was it. She saw her past the sell-by date. This is a few years ago. I'm not telling you how many, uh, but I'm just saying. Um, it was different then. But Des wasn't going to have any of that. You know, she was waiting. You know what's coming out here? <laughs> she's, wait, she's waiting for the best. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, she got me. And uh, <laughs> I didn't appreciate her culture until I went to Cyprus. So I spent all this marriage with Dez for quite a few years. And then, uh, then we went to Cyprus. And uh, they had this. I had a lot more understanding. It was like scales fell from my eyes. So we're at this meal with the relatives. And, uh, and they're talking away. And it's all it's all in Greek. And I, I don't mind because I, I like people watching. So that's fine by me. It's all in Greek. And every now and then, there's a, a little bit in English. And then, and then they can help themselves and back into Greek. And, uh, and the conversation went on. And afterwards, I said to her, I said to her what were they so heated about? And she looked puzzled. She said, what do you mean? I said, it was just a conversation. And to me it looked as if things were getting quite strong. And actually, it wasn't. They were just animated. It's the way they are. And I hadn't got it. And so many things fell into place on that holiday. Cross-culture is a steep learning curve, my friends. I found out when in Poland that... It's not appreciated if you stir your tea continuously, clanking the side of the cup with your spoon. And for some reason, it doesn't, doesn't work in that culture. Maybe it's just the people that we met, if you're Polish. Come talk to me afterwards anyway. <laughs> My friend, our, our diversity is God-honoring. And so during this series, here's the point. Invite. I'm going to ask you to step out of your people group, and step out of your friendship group, and invite somebody across the culture. Go on, do it. Invite them. Invite them. Invite them for a meal. And you know, I remember, I remember as a nearly all-white church in the town centre when we first came, we prayed that God would give us an international church. We prayed for that. And, and my goodness, look what's happened! You know, at times, in the second meeting, it's uh, it's pretty much black majority. I remember I'm uh, um, uh, a black African who used to work here, and she came last year. She comes every now and then, and she came last year, and she uh, it was one of those celebrations. I think it was a dedication, and it was humming the place was really humming in the second meeting and it's, it's she turned around to me and said Do you know it's as if you're leading a black pentecostal church Neil I just, I, the, the, listen let's embrace the diversity that we have let's not miss it that's my point it's it's, it's so powerful you know visitors come here and uh, they come and they and and it's a real witness our diversity right across the international scale is a massive witness. So I'm making the ask. Whatever the culture, background, come on. Let's invite somebody. Step out of our step out of our comfort zone and invite someone. I know you're waiting for me to get to Acts chapter eight. But understanding this and understanding complexities is important. we need to do that. Different cultures have different values, timing, seasons of life, how they're celebrated, decisions made, family hierarchy, key moments of life. Different cultures have different values. Don't do stereotypes. It's really unhelpful. Don't do it. Be good listeners. Respectful, good learners. Do you know there's a whole matter of identity here? Most of which some of us be unaware of. Gina Yashira is a British Nigerian comedian. She said, I went back to Nigeria to find my roots, my African roots. I discovered they were in Bethnal Green. (laughs) Somebody said, when I'm in England, I'm too Nigerian, and when I'm in Nigeria, I'm too English. You know, there's 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 challenges of, cult, of, of of identity, and then there's communication. The British have ways of stating things. They say they have this little phrase. You probably heard it. I suspect you might have used it. I have. It says, you know, with all due respect. Which basically means I think you're wrong. <laughs> but in other cultures they've heard the word respect and think it has a different connotation. Oh, by the way, if you don't know, oh by the way, you know, be careful with that. Because sometimes that is saying what I'm about to say is the real purpose of this conversation. Oh oh by the way. And the the little words Very interesting. I find that's very interesting. Uh, I noticed I did this with Des a little while ago. She brought back a dress and she said, you know, what do you think about it? And I said, that's a very interesting choice. (laughs) And she said, in typical Greek fashion, you don't like it. (laughs) She was right. It's just... So we're going to be encouraged to step out of our cultural, social comfort zones. So we need to stay light. Be able to laugh at ourselves. In the first chapter of Acts, Jesus' promise is this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth my friends the vision is not diversity the vision is the proclamation of Jesus Christ that's the focus my friends for everyone that people would meet with Jesus Christ encounter him be baptized saved baptized added in to this new this wonderful community of God's people. That is the focus. You know, the book of Acts, apparently, it covers about a time span of 30 years. The first eight chapters cover anything between two to four years. Some might say it's a little bit more than that, but generally, they think the first eight chapters cover anything between two to four years. The gospel has spread in that time primarily in Jewish. Circles. That's what we read about. Judea, Samaria. And then there is this moment. The Ethiopian eunuch. It's a cross-cultural. I mean, he's a eunuch. I mean, this would seem strange for us today. For a royal court official in certain cultures, in those days, not unusual. Especially in taking care of women in the court. Not unusual. Sometimes... People made themselves this way in order that they might get a job in the court. He's treasurer. Candace, I mean, that has a dynasty in that part of the world, in Ethiopia. He is an important man, hence his personal chariot. In his hand, he has this scroll. Don't think it's a paperback. Smith's wasn't there yet. So it's not a paperback, not hardback. It's a scroll. That's what you would do. You'd buy a scroll. And as he's reading the writing of Isaiah about Jesus, who would be there but Philip? You've got to look at that moment, haven't you? God says to Philip, I would like you here. The Ethiopian eunuchs happens to be reading Isaiah, this particular passage, and happens to be there. My friends, this is God planned. If you've got one of those books, write that down. This is God planned. This is God planned. I mean, that's timing. That is timing. Right place, right time. Wonderful planning. The Lord is having mercy here on a man whose nationality and sexual impotence... That's a difference, isn't it? And his sexual impotence might have made him utterly disqualified. And the mercy of God is reaching out to this man. Others would have kept him out. You can be sure of that. God is calling him in. God's orchestrating the evangelism of the Ethiopia. This is a key meeting. In the same way God is doing exactly that here. God has planned this. My friends, God has wonderfully brought us together. I want you to get that. Breaking through cultural, socio-economic barriers, my friends, this is a gift. We have a gift in our hands. We have a gift. Visitors are frequently struck with the multi-ethnic makeup of kings. This is God's plan for us. I'm excited by this do you know I would love to look up the line and get a fast forward and see what it would be like in 10 years time I would love to do that but we'll, we'll take the moment instead we'll make the best of what we have this is God engineered God planned if you can grasp this you will see that you're a part of it no 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 no, no not others you don't, don't, don't exclude yourself Don't you dare excuse yourself. Don't do that. Please don't do that. You are part of God's design to be here at this time. This is not by accident. You are not part of the crowd. You are here for God's purposes here in this town. God has planned it. And I'm encouraging you to be part of it. You. Not wait for somebody else to be part of it. You to be part of it. I'm encouraging you to do that. Yesterday with uh, Anne and uh, Opie, Ann reminded me that she had a dream of this building. So they were in Harrow at the time. And she had a dream of this building. They were coming this way. She had a dream of this building. Because she was asking God what church should they be part of. And in this dream there was this building. And uh, she didn't know anything about High Wycombe. So um, she explained it to one of their families. And they looked it up on the internet. And they saw this building and they listened to Anne's explanation. They thought, that's the building. And then they showed Anne the, the building on the internet. And she said, that's it. That's the building. God planned. It's a dream to be in this church. This is God's planning. Look, my friends, if, if you haven't connected here at King's, I'm encouraging you to do that. Ron had that form up there. And, uh, so get connected there's still openings in the connect groups get connected absolutely get connected first this is god planned i hope you made that note this is god planned second is this make make the invitation make the invitation verse 31 you'll see he invited philip to come up and sit with him that's a great invitation and when i was listening to uh alumnus it was an enormous culture shock for alumnus when she came here. I remember talking to her, and, and it was a huge culture shock for alumnus when she came here. And the invitation to Little Stars, which is our mother and toddler's group, it's now called, uh, that's what it's called now, It, it was a mass, made a massive difference to her life. And then there were further infights from Diane and, uh, and Norman into family life. What a blessing! Hey, make the invite make the invite this is a God moment here with Philip in the chariot and Philip makes the effort he says do you understand what you're reading and the Ethiopian responds with an invitation "Come, just come up here so I'm asking you to do the same make the effort make the invite step out I will say it again step out of your comfort zone step out of your people's group step out of your friendship group Make the invite. Apparently the Queen has lots of stand-up occasions, meetings, with groups of people. Lots of them. The implication is that if you're standing up, we're here for short conversations. We're in a large gathering, and you may have a glass of this and a little of that, but it's a short conversation. But to sit is a different matter. The Ethiopian eunuch says to Philip, come up and sit with me. When you sit down over a meal, when you sit down, you're embarking on something with a bit more depth. We're going to talk. I'm not saying this doesn't happen now, by the way. I know it does. I'm saying let's do it all the more. And if you've not done this, do it all the more, I'm asking you. I'm encouraging you. And you think, oh, it's not my cup of tea, you know. I'm not a great cook and all that. Just look in here and look on the hospitality challenge. Find what works for you. Just find what works for you and have a go. Opening up our homes is a brilliant opportunity to connect. So, one, this is God's plan. Secondly, make the invite. Thirdly, share your stories. Share your stories. I, I know their story. Alumnus and Tamri. And you just got a snapshot. I tell you, it's a powerful story. It's very moving. I mean, they have a great depth of experience. And when I heard their story, my appreciation of them, I tell you, it increased all the more. And uh, as I heard their story, my appreciation of God <laughs> It went up, it went up notches. I thought, what a marvelous God to bring them through what He has brought them through. Struggles that I have never ever experienced. Stories. Philip sits with the Ethiopian eunuch, and they come to this passage. Is this is a Jesus passage, What Jesus accomplished on the cross, even though it was written seven hundred years before. It's a Jesus passage. It's the most referred to passage outside of the Psalms because it's so clearly reflected what happened on what we call Good Friday. This passage was so frequently referred to as a proof text of Jesus that the religious leaders of the day removed it from their public readings. That was the power of this passage. Now call that timing, will you? There's a lot of chapters in Isaiah. And he happens to be there. And Philip is there. And Philip sits down with him. This is Jesus. Share your stories. Share your Jesus stories. Share your experiences with one another. There's a wealth of stories in this room. I can tell you. You will be amazed. So share your story. The Ethiopian official responds. Straight off, he wants to be baptized. That's interesting. That may be even a challenge for some of you. I mean, it's, just, it's in there right at the start. Saved, baptized, part of God's people. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, he's not hanging around. And I just never get tired of hearing people's stories at baptisms. I hope you don't. Because I'm always hearing, oh my goodness, you are still doing this stuff, God. Lord, you are still doing this. That is amazing. I love hearing stories of baptism. It's powerful, it's enlightening, particularly when people are from another culture. Share your stories. It's an important time to grasp. So, let me just sum up here. This is a God-planned. Make the invite. Sit together. Share your story. And now we're going to break bread. And we're going to break bread together. Some of you know that in certain church circles this is called the Eucharist. It means thanksgiving. Jesus gave thanks and broke the bread. I tell you, when I look around and you look around at this wonderful company of people, how can we not give thanks for the one who has made all this possible? Do I hear an amen? Amen. Amen.